0: Thank <laughs> you.
2: And welcome, this is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, Barry the Boater, and Captain Rusty rounding out the crew today as we navigate the latest boating news and information. But before we get into all that, I do got to talk about uh, my latest adventures. I just got back from Bimini in the Bahamas, and I did some boating. I was on several boats. Uh, I did some diving with uh, great hammerhead sharks in Bimini. And uh, and it was amazing. Not only did we have four great hammerhead sharks, like 13, 14 feet long, we had two big old tiger sharks, two up close and personal. It was amazing. Uh, I'll tell you the, uh, about the boat I was on, because it makes me a boater, Barry. I mean, I uh, might as well be Greg yeah, the boater yeah. this week. Doesn't well, that count? You
3: were, you were a passenger, but let me see your hands.
2: They're all here. See, count them. One, they, two, three, four, five, one, there, two, there,
3: four, right. nine. Oh, wait a minute. No, there's
1: ten. So so if I'm boating Mm -hmm. in the Bahamas and I see a hammerhead shark, a tiger shark, I'm getting back in the boat.
2: That is true. Most boaters uh, are like that. Yeah, it's kind of a unique diving thing. I mean, Barry can relate. He's a scuba diver. You would do this if you had the opportunity, right, Barry? I,
3: well, I I have dove and I have seen the hammerhead pass by me, and for the rest of the dive, I kept looking back to see uh, if I was going to be eaten up.
2: Yeah, when you're diving uh, and you're not expecting to see a great hammerhead cruise by, it will uh, make you relieve yourself slightly uh, in your board shorts or wetsuit, and you know there there could be some solid material in there too. I don't know, uh, but uh, <laughs> when you're diving uh, with the you know. The you know the purpose of uh, looking for these animals to get up close and personal with them underwater to get a, you know that money shot that video or picture or whatever it's uh, magical and that's one of the weird i mean it's one of the world class dive sites for great hammerheads is right there in Bimini this uh right now uh, december through april time frame in bimini they have these uh, great hammerheads that come in you know they're they're really, you know they're vacationing from up rusty. north, or God knows where else, and uh, the divers come from all over the world to dive there, and I was uh, right there with them. Uh, well, I mean, I do something similar. I, yeah. I, I swim with manatees. Okay, that sounds D- a little they're safer. A easier to,
3: yeah. they're but easier, rusty. but you know, if they they uh, they might mount you. You know, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. true. They, and <laughs> no, they'll they squish won't. you. <laughs> no, they don't. But Rusty, ask Greg how cold it was. Ah, right. Oh, yeah. was it cold? It,
2: it was uh, a little on the nipply side. Uh, You know, I'm a warm water wuss when it comes to diving. The water temp officially, let's see, see, the one day we got in the water was on Tuesday of this past week. And the water temp was coming in around 76, which wasn't uh, crazy cold. I mean, the Florida Springs are in the 72 to 74 range, which uh, I can dive in that with a three mil wetsuit for about a half an hour, 40 minutes or so. And then you start getting chilled. So we were slightly better than that. But we had the option to go for two hours. I went for an hour 15, and I was like, I'm done. And, uh, you know, I came back up, warmed up, and it was all good. So there and, you go. And
3: what was funny is you told me that everyone followed you. They fo- right. As soon as they saw that you quit, they said, okay, I think we'll quit too and keep Greg company." Yeah, we had a
2: group underwater with these hammerheads, uh, probably about 10, 12 people. And uh, everybody's filming. We're kind of kneeled down in the sand, and we have a shark feeder in front of us, and they're putting on a little show. Everybody's shooting pictures and the whole thing. And, you know, uh, I've done this before, so I kind of knew what to expect, but I'm getting my money shots like everybody else. But uh, I had a little bit more, you know, experience doing this, and everybody else is their first time doing this type of dive and they were, uh, you know, they didn't want to be the first person to bail. But I was like, I've done this. I, once I get my pictures, I'm like, I'm not going to freeze my ass off uh, for two hours. So I was like, and I knew I was getting chilled. And uh, I, I was like, all right, see you later. Uh, don't, wouldn't want to be. A, and sure enough, as soon as I peel off and start going up the anchor line back to the boat, uh, everybody bailed almost instantly. It was funny. It was like, follow the leader. Yeah, Greg's the smart one. Let him go. Mm-hmm. We'll follow his lead and uh and it was all good but uh you know everybody had an amazing experience you know i I know you're thinking if you're a boater and you're not a diver this is insane why would you possibly want to get in the water with uh you know a 13 14 foot great hammerhead shark trust me it sounds nuts but it's not as crazy as uh, you may think they want nothing to do with us and that's why they got to bait them in with fish heads and spanish mackerel or whatever the heck they were offering up these sharks so we could get a cool picture with them they they wanted nothing to do with us the only thing you have to make sure is you don't get between the food and the shark yeah and you're fine they'll just so, bite
3: their way through you to yeah, get to the
2: food they will uh i don't know if they'll bite their way through you but they'll definitely knock you over you know mm. and uh and it was funny you know we had some tiger sharks too which we did not expect and they're a little bit more uh clumsy and uh, have a tendency to bump into people more. So you've got to be a little bit more careful with them. Uh, they're a little bit more indiscriminate uh, so when it comes you say to what clumsy, they'll chomp down. Say,
1: you say clumsy, I would say
2: aggressive. No, they they were kind of slow and uh, methodical, but they would just kind of come around and they'd bump into the box. Maybe they wanted box. you to
3: pet them. They are tiger sharks. No,
2: I don't. No, I don't think I would do that. I wouldn't okay. touch them. But uh, but it was kind of funny. I mean, and uh, you know, they, and they move, can, move in kind of slow. I mean, the thing with sharks to keep in mind, you know, this is good information if you're a boater or a diver. But you know, the thing is, sharks are scavengers. So when there's like uh, things floating in the ocean, like fall overboard, whether it's food or whatever, they will uh, come up eventually and uh, clean the, you know, clean it out of the ocean. That's their role, right? Uh, but if but if it's dead, if it's something that has you know been di- you know killed, like a whale or something like that's floating, they come and eat it and take care of it. Does, and you know it's a circle of life kind of thing. However they 're very slow and methodical and weary of anything because you and, and you see this when you dive with them they really don 't you know they 're not waiting there with their mouths agape, waiting for you to jump off your boat into their mouth it just that 's just not how sharks operate they they want an easy meal. And uh, they're scavengers in that sense. So if it's dead food in the water, if it's something dead that's just floating around, it'll take them a while. They'll swim around. They'll circle it, and eventually they'll take it out. If it's live, however, if you spear a fish or you're fishing off your boat and you've, you know— caught a fish on a reel and that comes in and chomps it out. That's a totally different behavior because they're coming in now and they're competing. They know that fish has just been hooked or speared or whatever the case may be. And it's jiggling and and it puts out a signal underwater to these sharks and they act totally different and and they get aggressive and they compete because they know if they're not the first shark in there to get that fish, another one's going to come out and take the meal away from them. So you do not want to be in the water when there's an injured fish uh in in the water with you that would be uh that would be bad they they act totally different but when they're in scavenger mode which is what they are doing when you're doing a shark dive like that they're very gentle and uh and that's how you know they do these shark dives all around the world it just happens to be uh, quite popular for the great hammerhead in Bimini right now so it it's actually very very uh, you know, safe I mean, you gotta be You know, you still gotta be smart about it But it's not like You know, it's much more dangerous To be in uh, the water scuba diving And have someone near you spear a fish Or be near a fishing uh, pier That's cleaning fish uh, and, and there's swimmers nearby. That's way, way you're asking for a lot more trouble than you would with uh, any kind of shark dive, where they're using you know dead bait or chopped fish heads and things like that. It's a it's a different kind of thing. You hear what I'm saying, now, Rusty?
1: I know, I know, but I I'm hearing two different things, right? Yeah. So I, I hear you going, "Oh, they're fine" and stuff like that. But yeah. I, I remember this is what keeps popping back into my head. Uh-huh. Well, a year or two ago in the Bahamas, there was a shark diving thing, and there was an attack on a person. Right. You remember that? And and so I thought, well, maybe there was an injured fish in the water. But still, that that's, that's, the, that's what replays in my head.
2: Right. Well, that's what replays in everybody's mind. Jaws kind of painted that sure. picture for everybody. So it's kind of hard to get through that mentality until you actually become a diver and you get in the water and you see uh-huh. how they react and you see they want nothing to do with us. I mean, it really is remarkable. That's one of the tools... Uh, that you can use to change people's perception of sharks is to go dive with them and see for yourself all right enough about diving we're going to talk about boating uh in germany with the goblins and things that's next on the world of boating stay close
0: you're listening to the world of boating
2: radio network
0: What will we do with a drunken sailor? What will we do with a drunken sailor? What will we do with a drunken sailor? the drunk light of the morning, hey, hey, she rises, baby, hey, hey, she rises, baby, hey, hey, she raises, baby,
2: she raises at the night the morning. This is the World of Boating, Greg, your first mate, Barry the Boater, Captain Rusty. We are rounding out the crew to navigate the latest boating news and information. Tell you about my adventure diving with great hammerheads and tiger sharks in uh, Bimini. I got all my appendages uh, and had a great time, got the money shot, the whole thing. Hey, look, this type of diving isn't for everybody. Don't get me wrong. But uh, it is a, a pretty cool tool you can use to change people's perception of these animals. And, you know, that that, that may be, uh, it may not be for the faint of heart. It's not without its risks either. I don't want to play down the fact that it's, you know, not without risk because I still want to be pretty cool. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, uh, I tempt death. Uh, to entertain people and that makes me sound awesome right barry sure (laughs) okay (laughs) uh enough about me well actually this next little nugget is kind of about me so so last week i announced that i'm going on a river cruise down the rhine river in the uk at the end of april and uh, we're going to be going through uh, germany france and that kind of thing and um I don't know, one and two at the World of Voting Facebook page found a story about a mythical uh, Germanic, I guess, uh, folklore goblin-type creature called the Klebatermann. Have you ever heard of this, uh, Rusty, the Klebatermann from Germany? I I have not. Okay. It looks like a cross between a a goblin, a leprechaun, or something, but it inhabits uh, ships. And uh, sailors, it's a mythical creature that sailors must appease in order to stay safe on uh, on the water. So they,
3: well, they help take care of you on the ship.
2: It, it, it will either take care of you or it will uh, sabotage your work when you're out on the water. So they, I, I guess they feed it milk to keep it happy and they don't provide it any shoes or clothes because the Kleboterman will uh, run away if you do that. <laughs> So they want it on the boat, but they got to keep it uh, happy, because if they don't, it'll start to like act like some kind of poltergeist type thing on the boat and sabotage you know, all the work they got to get done and all that kind of thing. But if you keep the Klaboderman happy, uh, it, it will help you have a safer journey and uh, you know make your sailing and, and your boating adventure just that much better. Now, I don't know if one or two were trying to send me a message like, hey, I need to be prepared when I go on this river cruise to, uh, you know, provide some kind of sacrifice to the Klabatramon since I'll be cruising through Germany, but I guess that's, uh, that was the point. You I, could take well, Captain you, you, Patrick. I, well, I could take him and offer him up, or um, you make him the club. Yeah, no, yeah, I'd, I'd offer him up as a sacrifice. Okay, they didn't say anything about any human sacrifices, but oh. hey, now that you mention it, that's not a bad idea. That'd be an interesting experiment, <laughs> you know? I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, the Klobatermann, I mean, you know, all these, uh, folklore-type mythical creatures, you know, the Kraken, you know, all this type of stuff, you know, uh, I mean, this uh, permeates throughout you know marine folklore so mm-hmm. i mean it just happens to be a germanic i guess that's what they say every, is that even a word every culture germanic
3: has all these things yeah okay um mm. now they say uh this some representations of him include a coppery complexion which you do not have well, piercing blue eyes line. which yeah. you do have yeah okay uh, without a beard he wears his hair long Tied at the nape of his neck and gathered in a small tarred canvas bag. Huh. So you're missing a few things like hair, you know, well, and a coppery skin. You're, you're really more bland.
2: I could hang out in the sun for a few days. Yeah. You're then, saying that's so. A I have red skin. I should dress as the uh, Klebatraman. No, you I, should. No,
3: oh. <laughs> no one wants to see you undressed, so definitely wear clothing. Yeah. But uh, I,
2: I think that would just upset him. I don't want to upset the Klebaderman when I I cruise down the Rhine River through uh, Germany. I think it would be bad form. But now well, at least I'm aware toss of it. You off the ship. Yeah. Well, I could. I guess I don't know. They they say it's he's more mischievous if you don't take care of him. He'll you know like uh make the the crew lazy or something it'll make them sleep as opposed to getting the work done and all that kind of stuff and well wait uh, a minute <laughs> but if you keep them happy like in there's a <laughs> hole in the boat he'll get in there and put a hold a plank up so the boat doesn't yeah sink. He'll, so
3: you'll re it yep. yeah
2: you you want to keep the club mm-hmm. happy if you're uh, cruising around germany and i guess so, it's worldwide for that matter i don't know yeah so
1: so i'm just curious mm-hmm. well, what what is the occasion? This sounds like a really cool trip.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of like a bucket list kind of thing. <laughs> it's, it's, Anniversary uh, what is happening. Gotcha.
3: Uh, it's I got called, a birthday it's coming. Called, up. W- yeah. It's called I went sh- I went shark diving with my friends while you were here working. Yeah. <laughs> and you owe him big time. Yes. You owe her big time yeah. now. <laughs> right. So we're gonna
2: we're gonna board in Switzerland, go eat a bunch wow. of cheese and. And wow. uh, chocolate, oh. and then oh. board this river cruise. For, that sounds
1: like so much fun. Honestly, I mean, yeah. that sounds like a great trip.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. cheese and uh, cheese and chocolate in uh, Switzerland, and I don't know, wooden shoes maybe too. Then you get on the boat for a week and That's end up in, in Amsterdam.
0: You
1: wear wooden shoes in Holland. You I, I I met a girl. Met a girl
2: there. You met, met a girl. girl named, yeah,
0: her
1: name's Helga, and yeah. if you see her. Oh. tell her, tell her I'm fine.
2: Uh, I, I think she ran off with the klebaterman. Where was she said.
3: in Amsterdam? Amsterdam. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah,
2: we get off in uh, Amsterdam and then go into the local coffee shops and, you know, uh-huh. uh, calm down, I guess. I, uh, that's go what you do. calm down. Right.
3: Yeah, I go can th- see Greg going through the brothel area. <laughs> yeah, well. I was going to say,
1: go towards the light, Greg. Go
2: towards uh. the light
3: okay i hear what you're saying
2: but hilda is that what you said what's her name Helga Helga, Helga. Helga. Yeah. Yeah. is she up yeah. in the windows in amsterdam is that what you're trying to say
1: you know uh actually <laughs> that there was there was a girl when i was there and yeah. this has been a long time ago and i saw this girl walking across a bridge the most beautiful woman i've ever seen the hmm. blonde hair tall right dutch i'm sure red hat red dress and i just remember just being intrigued by this girl her 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 image has been in my mind ever since i saw her never talked to her never spoke to her but i still remember her exactly as i saw it that day it's never happened before but um Definitely, that was a life-changing experience.
2: I, it sounds like it. It but was. She, she wasn't in the window of the red light district. No, no I
1: did go down the red light district. Right. With, with, the, with you'll appreciate this. I went down uh, the window district with a beta cam. You know the big cameras. oh, big oh mistake. Oh my god, that's uh, a you, long you're time about ago. Scaring everybody. The windows cleared out in no time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. Well, <laughs> you know they warned the tourists you can't do that in Amsterdam. I know. Yeah. yeah. Evidently, that's a big camera. Yeah, because oh, uh, and if and if uh, what happens now is evidently uh they have a little glass of um of urine and what? If they yeah if they catch you taking pictures with your phone they'll throw
3: it at you i'm serious wow.
2: that's they're like a tourist a, tip for inside Amsterdam. inside a
3: glass container you know, they, got, they, they got
2: someone they, it's, <laughs> look it up google it all right i mean i was like yeah, wow google you it. don't got it, to tell awesome. me that twice i'm not <laughs> taking any pictures
3: leaving the Wait phone at home
2: <laughs> that's for sure yeah if
3: rusty if rusty saw the most beautiful woman ever but it was around the time he was using a Beta Cam. You realize she could be a grandmother by now.
2: Well, I, I bet
1: she possible. is. Yes, I, I bet she is. Mm. Mm-hmm. She
2: she probably looks like the Clubotermon.
3: <laughs> oh. Could be her. Yeah.
2: It might, <laughs> it now her. it's a mythical creature It used to be beautiful back in the day, and probably a different sex. We're not absolutely sure, but but yeah, it was a mythical type creature uh, from uh, you know his his days cruising down the. Rhine River in the U.K. All right, more coming up on the World of Boating. Stay close. We'll get back on track, I promise.
0: You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network.
2: Traffic sucks, unless you're scuba
0: diving with Mike Scott.
2: Mike glanced down at his dive computer. It showed less than 50 PSI left in his tank. Probably just a few more breaths.
0: Or riding shotgun in a thrilling car chase.
2: One bullet hit the Jeep's windshield, spider webbing the passenger side. Mike
1: shifted into second gear and felt the Jeep leap forward. This just got serious.
0: Escape your commute with audiobooks from author Eric Douglas. Download to your phone. Go to booksbyeric.com or audible.com. successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating. I do like the water. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. sun, the sea air, good friends. Brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast.
1: Come on, Williams. What are you standing around for here?
0: Get on board. Get on board. Don't fret. Don't try.
2: is the world of boating gregor first mate barry the boater captain rusty rounding out the crew all right so uh look we got a bunch of stories to kind of navigate through here for our passengers today we're gonna make the best of this time and see if we can accomplish some of that for you make you a little bit more informed as a boater here's one according to maxim magazine the uh rivia or riva Aquarama is the most stylish boat of all time. We posted the picture on a, on the World Boating Facebook page, and everybody uh, pretty much commented like, oh, okay, where's the boat?" Because <laughs> cause the there's a girl. Yeah. Uh, it, it's from the aft of the uh, of the vessel, and I think the uh, focus is kind of on the captain of the boat, which happened to be a a girl in a bikini who was um, showcasing her aft. If you know what I mean, and uh, it kind of—that's well, good marketing. I don't care who you are, but uh, but I don't know this uh, River Aqua Rama. Uh, they claim is the most stylish boat of all time. Uh, I guess the people from Ferrari are behind this. It's very mm-hmm. you know wooden teak kind of classic styling, but that's a pretty bold statement to say the most stylish boat of all time. What do you think, you know, Rusty?
1: When you look at it, it's a Chris
2: no yeah, oh is that what it is? Or the same design, right?
1: Exactly the same design. you know, if you go back and look at the older Chris-Crafts from the 30s and 40s when they first started exactly. making yeah. them. It's it's what it is. You go to Mount Dora during, you know, their their boat antique boat show and you'll see these sort of vessels all the time. It is an amazing looking boat. There, yeah. There's no question. I think the issues that you have just like Chris-Craft had with a lot of theirs. This boat in Florida, you know, besides going out at night, becomes a really tough boat to have just because one is I.O. And the other is you don't have a lot of shade, bimini tops and things like that. So not that it's practical, but we're not talking about practical. We're talking about beautiful. And it
3: is a beautiful boat. It is very stylish. And you're afraid to to absolutely ding it, scratch it, dent it or do anything with it Uh, because it's these are hand built. Wooden boats. Um, there's a guy. And they're and pieces they, of art, though. That's what it's well, all about. Well, they're pieces kinda. of art, but there's you can get more useful boats. There's a guy named Ansel Saunders who's been building boats in Bimney. Right, he builds I know. i flat boats. Yeah, I'd love to meet him one day. He, and he was just here in Fort Lauderdale, and I didn't realize it because uh, he got he won an award, but he builds beautiful handmade boats. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just the the um, how woodworkers do their craft. Yeah, uh, that makes these boats so beautiful, but it also it's not the kind of boat you want to drop a scuba tank on or come a little too hard onto a dock with. Well,
2: true, uh, but it does have a tendency to attract uh, a lot of quality boat fluff uh, like that picture picture pretty yes, much illustrates.
3: Yeah. And, so, and, and the aft of that boat does match the driver.
2: Uh, OK, uh, so you you're admiring both of them. Is that what you're trying to say? Barry? I would say it's a. it's yeah, a I, I don't think you should answer boat. that question. That was rhetorical.
1: <laughs> so, so here's the question: Who do you think the customer is for this boat?
2: Mm. Mm. Well, someone we, just wants to cruise around. Maybe the intercoastals of South Florida hit the bars, uh, social boating no, kind of thing. No,
3: what? this is no? going to be a tender for like a 150 foot yacht. Uh, that's out. I don't that's know. out in the in. Um, what's that area in the Mediterranean? where the yacht is is anchored out somewhere, and this is the boat that takes them in for lunch. Nah. Well, that could be, sure. Mm. But I
2: mean, I, I think there'd be people down, especially in South Florida, just cruising around the intercoastal, going into, you know, the, the local watering
3: holes and they would get they want, stolen uh, and end up smuggling people in. <laughs> no, <laughs> they come no. in a classier <laughs> boat than they've been coming in lately. Come on, but. Rusty. Uh.
2: Tell tell Barry I'm correct on this one. <laughs> what do you think?
3: You know, I, I honestly,
1: and y'all are looking at it from a different angle than I was. I, I was thinking this is a guy that's probably 65. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So he, he, yeah. Yeah, he, he's, he saw the boats growing up. He's always wanted one. He's mm-hmm. in love with that that particular style boat. And he probably had his own business. He sold it at some point, and he has more money than he knows what to do with now. Right. So, you know, he buys this boat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and puts it at a lake house somewhere. And mm-hmm. I think that's where I see it. The Miami boats, and I see why you're talking about it'd be pretty in Miami, but the Miami boats have this different image looking to them. Very European looking these days. Very square yeah. and slick and, and hard edges and like a, a solid gray. They're not pretty. Yeah. They just look very retro. Got so it. I don't know. That's that's kind of what I thought.
2: Uh huh. I I would buy that. That makes sense. I, I I think either one. Uh, yeah. Would would work and uh, yeah. I mean something like that. You're talking how much? What do you think? You're you're a boat dealer, Ooh. Rusty. You uh, got any ballpark? Uh, you know, figures?
1: I, I, I I'm even scared to say these days because mm-hmm. it's changed so much. But if the boat, is going to be at least. I mean, I would think minimum three hundred. Yeah. Maybe four or five.
2: For, like, uh, what, a what, that would be, like, a 25-foot Chris Craft yeah. kind of thing? Yeah. Or? So, you know, a 24-foot, a 24-foot fiberglass
1: Chris Craft today, uh, a new one, 2023, is like $254,000. dollars hmm So, and for a 24-foot boat, it's just, you know, it's pretty pricey. Right. So I can't imagine, you know, and they're selling so many a year, and they're going to only make a few of these. They'll yeah. probably make maybe four or five of these a year. Right. So definitely um, –
2: well, it, this is for the guy, like you said, has a uh, little extra yeah. money on his hands, uh, wants to turn some heads and look yeah. uh, look good boating.
1: Uh, I'd love to have for one.
2: For sure. Yeah. Who
3: wouldn't? Yeah. I think about $1, one million, 1. $1.2 somewhere around there. Yeah. You're, that's so, what you're yeah. guessing. For this one? Yeah. For this, I mean, uh, because it's a limited edition. It's uh, yeah. hand-built. designed. Uh, they put in all the most expensive uh, yeah. boating components well, you can plus. get.
2: Yeah, you quality. get you get bragging rights to say you own the most stylish boat of all time, according to Maxim magazine. So, right, that's something, I guess. You know, we'll <laughs> you see. So? so, you were at the uh, Daytona Beach boat show last week, Rusty? Uh, I did was. you did you see uh, boats like that, or were you even selling uh, some of those type of boats uh, yourself, no. or no?
1: So the Daytona. Uh, beach boat show is actually at the Speedway in the parking lot. Hmm. Okay, so the, yeah, this one is the the one in the spring or the fall is in the convention center. So this is in the parking lot of Speedway. And if you'll remember last weekend, it was like twenty three degrees with twenty mile an hour winds. So right, it was just it was miserable. So so uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, it you know the the sky would look great, but it was cold. Um, the crowds were down. I. I I feel like the crowds were way down from what they've been in the past. Do you think it was weather, though, or or something else? You know, I don't know. I wish the weather would have been prettier so you could get a a better judge. The people who were there were definitely, you know, we had some buyers. To give you an idea, last year we sold six boats at that show, uh, but we didn't have many boats there. This year we had a lot of boats. We had over 30 on display just Mm -hmm. in our booth. But we sold ten, oh. so I'm not sure. Yeah, we did. We did good. We yeah. d- didn't sell any Chris Crafts. We sold one Cobalt, uh, probably about six or seven Stingrays, and a couple of pontoons. But mm-hmm. you know, so so pretty wide range. But the higher end stuff definitely. It, well, actually, I don't think the parking lot of the Daytona s- Speedway is the place to sell high end boats. But right. Yeah, uh, the clientele customer
2: yes, a little no. bit more like uh well it uh, might not be as high end as like at the Fort Lauderdale International Boat Show or something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. All right. But yeah, but ten uh sales, that's that's nothing to sneeze at. That's a no, that was good That was
1: good. Next weekend is our Jacksonville boat show. Uh it'll be real real curious to see how that show goes. And then of course the um, the real prediction will be at the Miami Boat Show, about two weeks after that, and I'll be there for that. And right. So you know, by the end of that show, you'll kind of have an idea of what this year is going to look like.
2: Yeah. Well, inventory finally starting to catch up a little bit with uh, demand, so it's good. Got more boats to sell. All right, more coming up on the World of Boating. Stay close.
0: You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating. I do like the one. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. The sun, the sea, air, good friends. Brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. By the Sailor Man. i the Sailor Man. I'm strong to the finish because I eat me spinach. i the Sailor man.
2: This is the World of Boating. Gregor first made Barry the Boater. Captain Rusty rounding out the crew today as we navigate the latest boating news and information. By the way, we got to mention uh, Barry the Boater is now a grandpa. He had yep. uh, a grandkid this week. Yeah, and yep. all these years we thought he he could, he could wouldn't procreate. and. <laughs>
3: and here I, I did wait i have children so <laughs> oh, i did procreate right. okay on. these are the oh, grandkids okay.
2: maybe that was uh wishful thinking on some people's parts All right, I back don't
3: know. to school for you yeah obviously you don't understand how this works and, you
2: know, no <laughs> congratulate i kid thank but, you uh, we we uh, send the best to barry and his family uh and ben is now a paw a dad i yeah. remember when he's a little little whippersnapper helping with the yeah. dock lines and look at him go look at mm-hmm. him go now that's awesome,
3: yep. and he's right. a scuba diver too.
2: There you go, and yep. uh, and probably a boat, or at least been on a boat, so that counts for something, just like me. All right, so uh, Rusty was at the Daytona Beach Boat Show, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and you know he sold quite a few boats. Looking yep. forward to a couple more shows coming up, including the uh, Fort Lauderdale, or I mean uh, Miami International Boat Show in February. That'll yep. be the big boy, and we'll see how that goes. And oh, and by the way, Barry, you got a little update on that uh, River Aquarama boat you found a one that was a 1996, 1996
3: model and they want nine hundred and twenty seven thousand dollars and change for it
2: that's a good chunk of change right there
3: yeah it is i all mean right. you know if it holds that value that long then it must be a really but they
2: nice called boat. it the uh most beautiful boat in beautiful, the world beautiful, yeah so it's been but, uh dubbed the most stylish boat of all time and according to this <laughs> other uh <laughs> listing, if you look
3: at rusty's boats yeah. the chris craft they look the same. As I say this is a style that's been around a long time. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's but if you, you just know.
2: take that, uh, you know, that slug line. Hey, I have the most stylish boat of all time, or mm-hmm. the most beautiful yeah, said, boat pro- in the probably world. Probably the most. Uh, uh, probably that's probably right. The word that <laughs> We're they probably the, the yeah. best boating show in the planet, uh, on the planet, are. in the yeah. universe, for that matter. Mm-hmm. Probably yeah. we. You may be right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going with it. Uh <laughs> okay. so There you go. All right, uh, but as far as selling boats, are you feeling pretty strong about the uh, future? I mean, I know a few weeks ago, Rusty, you had said that you were a little concerned things were going to start slowing down, especially now that uh, boating inventory at dealers across the country are starting to—they're uh, starting—you know—the the dealerships are starting to fill back up a little bit. The inventory starting to catch up as as demand slows down a little bit, or just maybe slows down to a point where it's a little bit more manageable. But do you see a storm on the horizon?
1: I I don't see a storm, but I do see a a change, and this also was evident, which is good for the consumer. Our margins in order to make the deals, you know, this time – before we didn't make deals, right? This is how much the boat costs. Buy the boat. Don't buy the boat. We Mm -hmm. don't care, you know, because somebody else will. Now it's like you come in and you negotiate the price like you used to do in the old days. You you know, you go back and forth, and so – where before we would keep a much higher margin than we were keeping at this show, so some of the margins were pretty low, because we need the product to move, you know, um, and and that's one of the things about when you're financing, uh, you have a floor plan. So a floor plan's the people that give you money to buy the boats until you sell them, mm-hmm. and that's how most most boat dealerships go. So they want you to have so many turns, meaning you're going to sell, you know, a boat so many times a year, so. Usually two turns is the key. So in order to do two turns throughout the year on the boats, in order to get those boats to move and keep, keep paying as much interest, then we have to sell them at a lower margin. Right. So that it that's I think what's going to happen this year is you're going to see more people that are getting better deals. Now on on the bad side, mm-hmm. and there's nothing you can do about this because I've, I've just started looking. You know I'm getting my new boat soon. Interest rates. Are the lowest you're going to find, and this is when I call buy rate. Yeah. That's what we we pay to get it, and then we up it a little bit so we make money on the back end. So, mm-hmm. but if you were just to go to your bank, seven point one is going to be like the best you're going to see right now mm-hmm. for a boat. So you know, it's the interest rate compared to you know two or three or four you know last year. It's a pretty big difference if you're buying a hundred, two hundred thousand dollar boat.
2: Right. Yeah, it adds up quick. It does. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's still not too late uh, to pick up a a vessel, a new boat, but uh, I think it's kind of one of these things right now where, you know, you're still in a, you know, it's creeping back up, so you better get it now if you can, uh, because it's probably only going to get more and more expensive uh, as time goes. You may have more selection, but like you said, uh, interest rate seems to be creeping up, and uh, that's going to make the purchase a little bit more expensive. Right,
3: Barry? Barry
2: the accountant? uh,
3: Yeah, yeah. But I also think that, um, and I think Rusty might agree, is that as this year and next year roll along, you're going to find people that kind of jumped into boating during the plague of 2021. Yeah. Want to get out of it, and you may see a lot more used boats out there, and possibly— Not very used, used boats. In other words, in in fairly good shape, I hope.
2: Well, maybe so, but they still got the, uh, you know, the interest rate issue that they got to take into consideration.
3: (laughs) Well, that'll uh, depend on how much you spend on the boat. Well, you're right. Yeah.
2: Well, everybody's going to be, I'm dropping in, what, a quarter mil? That's what you would do, right, Barry? You would Uh, recommend that as an accountant? And uh, tax season as he uh, launches into it right now? Uh, no. (laughs) Okay. He says no. Hey, we got a couple other little uh, nuggets we want to show out there. There's some, or, you know, share with our passengers before we wrap it up today. There's some new tech that came out of Scotland that uh, says they can reduce propeller noise by putting little holes in your prop in the right place. Like little uh, pinhole type things. You know, it's all this, you know, computer technology and stuff. Uh, but they say it'll lower the decimal rate of uh, I guess the prop noise that you would have when you 're cruising you know through uh, through the water by ten decibels, and that would help whales and things like that, or maybe even just make the boat you know, run quieter maybe. Barry, what do you think? So,
3: so you think I should just take a drill and an eighth inch bit and start <laughs> no, popping it, it, holes uh, in my in my propeller to yeah, see what happens. You could
2: try that as a you know trial and error, but they seem to have some kind of computra program that oh. uh, has analyzed this uh thing in, in the university there in Scotland. And uh I don't know, this type of stuff pops up every now and then. I don't know if it'll go anywhere. But uh, it's interesting if it works. But you know, the one thing they don't say in the article is how does it affect uh, efficiency of the prop? That's always the problem. What do you think, Rusty?
1: Yeah, you know i i don't I don't think so. No, you, you don't know, like this idea.
2: Yeah, I don't. Whenever yeah. you combine the word boat and hull, that's yeah. never a good combo. You don't want that in the same sentence, usually, right?
1: I, I, yeah, I just – I don't know. I, every now and then I get it that people – we continue to Im, try to improve and do new things. But, you know, if you've heard the saying, if it's broke, don't fix it.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, so, I mean, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So, you know, and that's it seems like my boat runs fine. So right. I'm not – I don't think I need to find a new property. Wait, wait, you don't wait, think right,
3: it's right, too right. noisy? You, you don't know? have a boat right now.
1: I, that's true.
3: I don't. <laughs> but what <when> I do <laughs> – It's very quiet. When he does have one, I don't even hear it. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I,
1: I, just, I'm not into like you know all these things because in my as a as a boat owner, I'm going okay. I buy this prop. It has that. Then I ding the prop, and then you know this prop's going to cost more than any other prop.
2: Yeah, probably. Then I got to try
1: to right. find the same one, or if they stick, go out of business, you know, there's a lot of ifs, mm-hmm. ifs right now.
2: Yeah, and once you poke a hole in your prop, I mean, you're pretty much stuck with it. I yeah. think, you know, it's and uh, I I don't know. I mean, if they can prove their you know their concept, and uh, you know maybe it, it, it doesn't affect the efficiency. That's that's always the problem. We always hear about these prop modifications, whether it's blades around the outside so it won't cut into people or uh, manatees. That was a big thing there for a while. I thought that was going to catch on, but nope, nope. And kind of messed up with the the efficiency of the prop. And people have said, "Hell, hell, no!" Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to mess with that. Like you said, if it ain't broke. Uh, I ain't, I'm not going to try to fix it with something that probably just make uh, things worse. So sure. so there you go. But it's something to consider. Who knows? Maybe some technology will come out there and make your prop and boat quieter. and
3: It's worth if a look. If I put little holes in your truck tires, will it be quieter?
2: Uh, no, but I'll put a hole in your head if you try that. <laughs> and on that disturbing note, we're going to wrap it up. <laughs> Till next time, remember, whether it's sail or motor, life is life better, is better <laughs> as a motor. motor. Safe boating, everyone.
0: voted exclusively to the boating lifestyle
2: ttfn Ta-ta for now the opinions you just heard on the world of boating are those of the hosts callers and guests